Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and today I am joined by none other than Jonathan Sullivan and DR. Fellas, how are we doing? Doing good, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. DR, same as you? Yeah, good. Happy to be here. All righty. We, we are expecting Nick Brown to join us as well a little bit later on in the show, so stay tuned for that. But today we are talking fantasy football all across the board. We are going to do a two-part preview for the upcoming fantasy football season. So we're going to give you our sort of top five rankings for each of the big positions. We're going to be doing that, assuming a standard redraft league PPR scoring. So non-dynasty we'll, we'll give our thoughts on each of those positions. We'll give you some sleepers for those skill positions as well, as well as do not draft recommendations. So basically players that are going far too high that you shouldn't just be drafting uh, because of how steep a price it'll pay. It'll, it'll cost you in your drafts. So without further ado, let's get into it. We'll start with the top position in fantasy football, probably the most important position in fantasy football, and that is the running back position. So Jonathan, Get us going. Give me your top five rankings for the running back position in fantasy football 2022. All right, Ryan, you ready for this? Uh, Probably not, but hit me with it. All right. I got Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry. That's very consensus top four across the board. Then for fifth, I'm going Dalvin Cook. Some some top five have have him outside the top five, replaced by some other running backs. Maybe Dr. You have that in the top five, but I'm going with Dalvin Cook at number five. Hmm. Give me a little talk to me. Tell me about Dalvin Cook. Why do you feel like Dalvin Cook is going to be top five? Because he is. Spoiler alert on mine. He is not. Dalvin Cook is not in my top five. Well, I think that the Vikings are going to be a little worse this year than they have been in past years. So I think he's going to get more receiving work than he has in the past. Um, I know that he's gotten some receiving work, but Madison, my guy, our guy, um, Mm -hmm. for as much as he looks like Dalvin cook and runs like Dalvin cook, when Dalvin cook plays, when Dalvin cook doesn't play, he, he has not shown to be that good of a running back. So I think the Vikings have to be kind of out on him, like as anything other than really like a breather back for Dalvin cook. And I just new coach in, in Minnesota. I think they're, they're going to go to the, they're going to go heavy on the run. As we know with Kirk cousins behind center, they play indoors. I love an indoor track. I think it runs fast. And uh, I think Dalvin cook, if he can stay healthy, that's a big, if he has missed a couple games the past couple years, but, uh, I just think his workload is going to be higher than it has been in the past. So long as he stays healthy, I think this is a year that for as much as I have said in the past off pod about Dalvin cook and his health. um, I think he's going to stay healthy for at least, you know, 15, 14 games this year. And that's going to lead to a top five finish for him. Yeah. I found it really surprising that you were on the Dalvin cook train this year. Cause you and I usually are dragging him through the mud Mm -hmm. in terms of it being an RB one, a reliable RB one in fantasy. So uh, I had to get your thoughts on uh, why the narrative may or may not have flipped there. DR, give me your running back rankings for 2022. Yeah. So, I mean, consensus top two have to be Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. Um, I've seen ones where they're flopped. I have them like Jonathan Taylor, then McCaffrey uh, three. I'm going Derek Henry. I know that in deep format, Austin Eckler, you know, carries a lot of weight um, just with the receiving work he gets. Um, but I have Henry three, and I'll, I'll go more into that. Uh, after four, I have Eckler, and five, I don't have Cook. I have Najee Harris. Something about Steelers running back. They just always produce, and they're consistent. Um, but, yeah, as far as Henry, look, the argument for CMC is the same one that I'm going to make for Henry. People are talking about the foot injury. 
whatever, dude. If you're going to draft CMC and you're on board with just the ceiling, I'm drafting this player for when they're on the field, what they're going to do. Derrick Henry is that. When he was uh, healthy last year and playing, he was the running back number one by landslides in PPR formats. So I think uh, the upside is, is 100% still there, even in PPR formats where he's not going to get that receiving work. He just has this potential to be an absolute monster. Um, yeah, so that's why I have him so so high. Yeah, I, I'm. I think Derrick Henry is always a, a viable option to lead the the league fantasy wise in points. Uh, the the fact that he doesn't get as much work in the receiving game is always what kind of holds him back from just full blown, uh, just fantasy monster like God tier status but he always always usually overcomes that with just an absurd amount of volume in great efficiency it'll be interesting to see how he, he bounces back if he can stay healthy for the full season but uh, i i do think that he is definitely a top five back uh it appears that coach has joined us nick are, are you there on the, on the phone in the car yeah i am how do i sound terrible <laughs> you know, probably on the same par as DR. So hey, uh, I'm not bad. Hey, hey. He's he's way worse than DR. <laughs> oh, come on. That, that's kind of, DR's voice is at like a low baritone right now. I barely can make up Oh boy. And there I heard goes. some wind there. <laughs> Kid's Our got accident. What? <laughs> Kid has the windows down. Uh, we'll, we'll speak to you in, in just a little bit, Nick. We'll let you uh, focus on driving and when you can get a little bit better of an audio quality for us, uh, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on the running back rankings. But for now, I will go ahead and give mine. Now I have the same five running backs as DR. However, I have a bit of a different order and I'll explain why in just a moment. I have Jonathan Taylor at number one, no question about that. But I have Austin Eckler at number two, followed by Najee Harris at number three, McCaffrey at four, Derrick Henry at five. My reason for putting Najee Harris above both McCaffrey and Henry is, I think, twofold. It's going to be volume, and it's going to be the fact that I feel like I can trust him to be there for the whole season. Now, obviously, Henry McCaffrey both coming off of injuries. McCaffrey's had some injury issues the better part of the last two seasons. Uh, So they don't have, like, extensive injury issues, especially Henry. But now that there are injury questions with those two, I I am a little bit reserved in spending my first-round draft pick on them. Now, obviously... If I'm in the middle or late first round and they're the best running back on the board and I want to go running back, then that's that's what you're going to have to roll with. Uh, but I would prefer Najee Harris just ever so slightly over McCaffrey and Henry simply because I think that he is going to have a bigger role with that Pittsburgh offense. And he last year in PPR scored 300 points. He was one of the top backs in fantasy and i think that if he can just improve the efficiency numbers he already has the extensive volume if he can improve in the efficiency department maybe you can get some more goal line work find the end zone a little bit more than he did last year i think that he's got some elite upside and could definitely find himself in top two top three in terms of fantasy running backs this year now it's not going to be easy he does have one of the harder fantasy running back strength of schedules this year and that that's a that's a term that i'm going to use a little bit in this preview show and it's based upon the 2021 stats so basically how how easy or hard was it for a player at a specific position to score points against their opponents. And right now, Najee Harris does have the 10th hardest schedule for fantasy running backs. But I think that his sheer volume is going to be able to overcome a less than desirable schedule. And if, like I said, if he can just increase the efficiency, because he, he averaged less than four yards a carry, which isn't, isn't great. 
But if he can get that over, if we can get that to be like 4.2, then I think he's he could be easily top five, if not top three. Now, let's let's kind of let's kind of debate. Like, so Jonathan, you, what are your thoughts on me putting Najee Harris above McCaffrey and Henry? Is that a, is that a bit of a reach? Yeah, I do think it's a bit of a reach, man. I didn't even have Najee Harris in my top five just because, like you said, I think the yards per carry that he had last year below four is indicative of the Steelers offensive line for uh, rush blocking, which I has been bad for a while. And I think big Ben in his old aged weathered body, just Najee Harris really benefited from that last year. Just dumping it down. I, I believe Najee Harris, maybe a game against Cleveland last year had like 14 catches or something like that. I just, I can't see that being repeated, whether it's with Trubisky or Pickett. Um, I just, I don't think the receiving work is going to be there in the volume that it was last year. And if he he's running at whatever, three yards a clip, I think you're just going to see a lot of, you know, 20 carries for, you know, 63 yards and like three catches for 25 yards. And you pray that he gets a touchdown. And if he doesn't get a touchdown, then he's putting up like flex numbers at best. Um, so I, 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 I get where you're coming from, but I just worry. Cause I think the Steelers offense is going to be a drag this year. And I think that could drag down Harris's numbers as well. See, I understand that, that it was a low scoring offense. Yes. Last year and big Ben mm-hmm. loved to just dump it down. But if you're, especially if you're starting picket rookie quarterback, Short work, short, short range stuff is going to be in dump offs is, is going to be just as much that a thing with a rookie quarterback as it will be with an aging quarterback like Big Ben. So I, I don't see a terrible drop off if Kenny Pickett is the day one, week one quarterback. If it's Mitch Trubisky, I could definitely buy that a little bit. I could definitely see that a little bit. That being said, I do think that their offensive line is going to be a little, at least a little bit better than it was. They should be able to create a little bit more in terms of a running lane for him. Uh, but I, I really do think that he he's just efficiency away. Uh, and I don't see a, a reduction in the passing work unless it's Mitch Trubisky and Trubisky just decides that he's going to air it out deep downfield with the majority of his dropbacks. And I, I don't really see that being the case either. Uh, so that's kind of why I'm high on Najee Harris. And and the, the other the other reason I have Harris above the likes of McCaffrey and Henry is I just I, I know it's only one year, but I don't I haven't seen any injury concerns with Najee Harris between college or his one year in the pro. And now you're asking me to rely on McCaffrey to stay healthy for the course of a full season and expend that on a first round draft pick. I just, I just can't do that. I I just, I just really can't do that. And Henry less so in terms of injury concerns, but still, I, I just, I just, I just worry a little bit about the feasibility of them just bouncing back and being able to play a full season. Yeah. Look, I, 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 this is a point I'll stand by throughout the entire draft board process. Injuries to me, you got to throw them out unless they're they are currently injured, and that's going to affect their availability. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just drafting scared, you're not drafting to just have like a good competitive team and be safe. You're drafting because you want to be in first, so you, you got to play to win. And sometimes you just got to take the risk with with the injury. Um, and so that's my sentiment on McCaffrey and uh, uh, CMC. That's why I have them both um, within my top three. And I think uh, just to, for, for the Najee Harris, when was the last time a Steelers running back didn't produce? Hmm. Uh, James Conner, his last year in Pittsburgh, he was terrible. Yeah, well, going back to like Le'Veon Bell for like barring that one kind no, of like – No, I, I would agree. Even, even when Le'Veon Bell was um, – I can't remember if he was hurt or suspended and they had like D'Angelo Williams. and He, he was, was like – he was putting up like RB1 numbers in his absence. Taking my pants off watching those games. Because <laughs> I picked him up. I was very excited about it. Yeah. I, I want to say we had a running joke about that, Jonathan. Like, like I just 
something about a Steelers running back to me just seems like the epitome of safe. Najee's an explosive athlete. I mean, I'm I'm fairly high on him. Yeah, and uh, I I definitely am too. So I'm I'm right there with you, Dr. Now let's uh let's move on to sleepers for the running back position. Dr. I'll let you go first. Give me a sleeper for the running back position. Someone who will vastly outperform where they're going currently in draft boards right now. I've got Zeke as my sleeper. Big name, obviously. That bust. <laughs> Big name, obviously. Oh, I love pros. this pick. I love it. Fanny <laughs> Pros has him as the RB15 this year. Last year, he finishes the RB7. He was top 10 in all of the following categories. Carries, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, carries inside the five, routes run, targets, and receptions amongst running backs. I just think it's Zeke. He's going to be back. Everything, all the stats are pointing towards it. That bust, uh, no, steal. I got one. I got one issue with that, and it's just that Zeke is at best the second best running back on his team. Tony Pollard's actually <laughs> the best running back on the yeah. Cowboys. Okay. Whoa. So this is where I have to jump in because my sleeper is Tony Pollard. <laughs> he's currently going in like the 10th or 11th round range. So he's like the 30th or 31st running back off the board. And so technically he is still Zeke's backup, but he is blowing Zeke away in the efficiency department. And he has slowly been surely on a year to year basis, been eating into Zeke's volume and role. He literally, if, if he keeps this efficiency up and the Cowboys continue to give him more and more snaps, more reps, more carries, he's going to turn this into a timeshare because Ezekiel Elliott is beaten and battered up. He has, I think he's got the most carries in the past six years because of how reliable he has been from an injury standpoint. But at the same time, that's, I think he's gotten like amassed almost 13 or 1400 carries. I, I could be wrong, but it, it, it's, it's getting up there. That's a lot of wear and tear on a running back's body. So I actually look for the Cowboys to conserve Elliot and be more kind of prudent with him, which means I think Tony Pollard, would be a steal and will in a 50 50 split if it were to get to that point. I'll tell you one thing we can agree on is that if you get this backfield right, you're going to be fucking happy. Yes, 100%. So I don't care if you stand, if you're on DR side and you think Zeke is poised for a huge bounce back season. And it, I guess it wouldn't be like a massive bounce back season, but if you're saying like he's going to be fringe top five running back then i would agree with that uh it would be bounce back for sure but or if you're with me and you think tony it's tony pollard time and he's going to at least get a in close to a 50 50 split maybe even overtake him if elliot were to succumb to an injury and pollard ran away with the role but, or obesity yeah it, yeah so i i just think that Pollard is going to end up being more of a RB2 this year rather than the flex play that he was last year and is still currently being drafted as this year. So I really do think that Tony Pollard will end up being the guy in this backfield. It might take some time. You won't see the results right away. But if you stick with Tony Pollard, I think he's going to start nibbling away even more into that Zeke role. Jonathan, give me your sleeper at running back. All right, can I give you two? Or you just can. One? If you All got right. two, shoot it. Oh. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> the first one is a guy that's getting drafted. Like He's getting drafted basically as a low-end RB1, but I think he could potentially be a league winner, um, and that's DeAndre Swift. He came out and said that he thinks he could – be like I think there's only three running backs in in the history uh, in one season that had a thousand rushing and a thousand receiving yards. I think the Lions are going to be bad again. They're going to be playing from behind. Jared Goff is going to love to dump it down. DeAndre Swift, before he got hurt last year, was putting up like top five running back stats. 
I think he is a stud player. If he can stay healthy, I think he's got a legit chance to finish top three. My second one is just a guy I've been high on for a long time. Although, actually, I've never had him in a fantasy league, although I've always been high on him. And that's Josh Jacobs, who everyone thinks is garbage. I like this the, pick. the Raiders just released Kenyon Drake, so all he's, he's gone out of the fold. I don't think Jacobs is, is ever going to be this receiving threat, you know, that people have said, like in the past couple of years, I feel like every year it's Josh Jacobs is finally going to, you know, catch 50 to 60 balls this season. No, no, no. But I think the Raiders offense is going to be cooking. I think Josh Jacobs has a, the potential to push 20 touchdowns this year, um, just based on how, how efficient the Raiders offense is and depending on their goal line offense. And if he can get 20 touchdowns, that's probably going to potentially lead the league or be right up there as league leader in touchdowns. And, and I think that would make him a, you know, a top five to seven back and he's getting drafted as RB 21. So basically in a 10 man league, he's getting drafted as an RB three. So what I'm hearing is Jonathan, you're, you're thinking he's going to have a similar type of year, similar production to what James Conner did last year with the Cardinals. Yeah. Or even like, like, Legare Blunt, like like several years ago when he was on the Patriots, when he scored all those touchdowns, just like mm-hmm. a better version of that, just an, a a goal line fiend on an elite offense. Interesting. You know, I didn't really have Josh Jacob on my sleeper radar, but you know, if he does get those a ton of red zone work and cashes in, yeah, that could that could be a nice little sleeper for someone. And Saquon, love Saquon. No, 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 bot, no, bot. no, stop. Okay, Just... okay, please, is my audio working? I, I can't not talk to this now. I can't not say anything now. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Saquon Barkley. Uh, in, well, you know what? I, I'm not even going to get into it too much because we'll, we'll save this for later because he's coming up later, and I'll be, I'll be in Wi-Fi at that point. Uh, so while I'm here, I might as well just give you my sleeper. Uh, I love Rashad Penny this year. I was so sure yep. that Jonathan yep. was going to say Rashad Penny, but he didn't. I, I actually, I, I audibly gasped while I was muted that he did not say Rashad Penny. The only other dude in this backfield is, uh, I think it's the guy they drafted this year, Kenneth Walker, the, mm-hmm. the second or third or whatever. Uh, and I don't, you know, rookie running backs, aside from somebody like even Najee Harris, I don't love coming into the scene right, right away. So Rashad Penny, when he stays healthy and gets volume, he is so efficient. Uh, do I have the numbers in front of me? No, you can figure that out for yourself. But I'm right, and everyone knows it. As long as this dude stays healthy, he's going to be a beast, especially on a team that sucks. Drew Locke is the quarterback. Yeah, right. They're going to be handing it off. They're going to be dishing off the short passes that you say Kenny Pickett is going to be given to Najee Harris. Rashad Penny could sneak into some scary high uh, RB whatever territory, maybe even a little RB2 territory uh, this season. I think he's really poised, again, if healthy. But at the same time, when it comes to like injuries and stuff, you could say that for almost every running back in the league. It's the reason why CMC is not even in my top five list this year, that I wasn't allowed to live because my Wi-Fi or audio was doo-doo. Well, hey, now that you're very a little bit more crisp, Go ahead. Give us your top five, Nick. All right. Okay. So my top five, uh, I've got Jonathan Taylor at the top. No surprise there. Uh, I actually got Austin Eckler number two, especially when it comes to PPR, because uh, he's an absolute beast in the backfield. So that, that felt like pretty clear to me. Uh, I've got Derek Henry third, Dalvin Cook fourth, and then Najee Harris fifth. Um, I agree with a lot of the sentiment with Najee Harris. He's probably going to get a, uh, he's going to get like the box defense on him. Uh, because they just are their doo doo with the rookie and Mitch Trubisky, who, you know, we know what he likes to do more than play football. So, um, as far as Dalvin Cook, I actually loved what Jonathan, uh, definitely with Jonathan on the Dalvin Cook train. It's not because I govern him in fantasy. Uh, he's just a really great player. And again, just needs to stay healthy. Uh, that's obviously his biggest problem. It's the biggest problem a lot of the running backs in the league. Um, so, I mean, you guys tell me if there's anything you have a. Uh, to say about my list, but I thought it was pretty sound, except for the fact that I know some of you probably like DR or could not be with me or on my side about the whole Christian McCaffrey, not being a top five. Like it, to me, when I made the list, I was like, 
guys who I would like rank going into a fantasy draft. And I want no part of CMC, especially at the top of the board. I mean, I'm not totally against you on the Christian McCaffrey take. I mean, there's a reason that I've got him below Najee Harris and basically 4A, 4B with Derrick Henry. Uh, So I'm not totally against it, but I do think at some point, like DR said, I mean, he can, if he stays healthy, Christian McCaffrey is going to be top two at the position. And at some point you just have to take that gamble and roll with it. Hence why you you have to keep him in your top five. He's a walking minimum floor 20 burger week in and week out when healthy. The only thing he's going to be walking in is a walking boot after week one when he's spraying his ankle because he's made a glass like Romeo Langford. Ah, geez. That's, you must be talking about Dalvin Cook. No, I think I got it mixed up with Saquon Barkley. My bad. Uh, yeah. Moral of the story is Saquon Barkley is a goddamn bust. And I've been right since the beginning. And I will still continue to be right after this season when he's like RB 37. <laughs> you sleep? On who? No. Saquon? Yes. Yeah, he sucked. All right. Keep sleeping. I am, I am I'm happily sleeping. I'm dead asleep. I'm five feet in the ground. Yeah, Bendy. All right. Well, let's move on and let's knock out kickers out of the way. Obviously, we aren't going to waste your time with like sleepers or bus or anything like that. But when it comes time to pick kicker, you got to pick somebody. Or you can just be that guy that just doesn't pick a kicker and just trot somebody else off from the waiver wire before the week one goes off. You could do that too, I suppose. But if you decide to draft a kicker at the tail end of your draft, please, for the love of God, do not draft them in the middle rounds. For the love of God, please don't. Let's give top five rankings for kicker. So, Jonathan, get us going on kicker. Quick hits. Top five. Okay. Justin Tucker, clear cut, probably number one. Number two, I'm going Daniel Carlson because – as I said before, Raiders offense is going to be nice this year. Number three, I'm going with Evan McPherson. Young stud was nasty down the stretch last year. Going to keep it going this year in Cincy. Number four, Harrison Bucker. And number five, Matt Gay. Uh, and that concludes my top five. Just for kickers, you just got to go with a team whose offense is good, in my opinion. It helps if they play in a dome. That's a that's a that's a plus, but at the end of the day, you got to go with good offensive teams, kickers. Hmm. I would agree with that sentiment, and I also have the same five kickers in my top five as you, Jonathan. However, they are a little flip flopped. I do have Justin Tucker at number one. He was the third best kicker in fantasy last year. And for what it's worth, he does have a nice little fantasy friendly schedule set up for him this year so if baltimore's offense gets back on track lamar stays healthy should be plenty of points for justin tucker to go his way uh then at two i have evan mcpherson followed by last year's number one fantasy kicker daniel carlson at three i got matt gay of the rams at four and i have harrison butker from the chiefs at five. So pretty much the same as you, Jonathan, just a little shake up at two and three and four and five. DR, give me your quick hits at kicker. I went Tucker, Carlson, McPherson, Bucker, and then gay uh, with Tyler Bass, just missing out. Mm, It's pretty much right there with Jonathan as well. Verbatim actually. Yep. Nick, do you have kicker rankings? (laughs) Yeah, I, 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 just like everybody else, I, I've got the same five. Um, I've got, I've got JT, and then I actually have Matt Gay second, then Carlson, and then Bucker, and then McPherson. It's not that I didn't like McPherson. I just, I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing. Uh, I do love Daniel Carlson, so I'm definitely with Jonathan on that. Uh, Daniel Carlson, literally last year before they added Devontae Adams to their offense, 
He made, I believe it was something like 40 out of 43 field goals. He was super efficient and he kicked a ton more field goals than a lot of the other guys in the top five. So um, definitely pretty high in Carlson this year. So I agree with that. Watch out for Nick Folk though. He's a uh, sneaky, had a really good year for the Patriots last year and uh, he could have a, another good sneaky year for them this year. All righty. So any, I know DR mentioned Tyler Bass. Does anyone else have any names, a kicker that they would throw out there? And that is a negative. So we will move on to the quarterback position. So with the quarterback position, DR, get us going on quarterbacks for fantasy in 2022 who you got in your top five i have josh allen one two herbert three mahomes four lamar and five tyler um i think if, if i had to highlight one here um i'll go allen one overall i know i know people like to pick uh mahomes but and he would be uh, number one if he was playing with uh, any of these guys surrounding cast, uh, except maybe Lamar. But I just – Allen can run. He can throw. He's big. He's durable. Uh, and the cast around him is, I think, on par with, with some of the best teams uh, in the NFL. So uh, he's got to be my number one, and he's really becoming a true phenom. Mm. You said uh, Kyler Murray at five, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, I don't hate Lamar Jackson in the top five, although he hasn't been quite the same since his MVP year in 2019. Um, I think injuries have had a little bit to do with that. So I think if he can just, as it always seems to be the case, stay healthy for most, if not all of the season, uh, he'll bounce back and can will definitely be a contender for top five. Jonathan, give me your top five at quarterback this year. All right. My top five is I got Josh Allen, uh, same as DR. I think he's consensus number one. I got Mahomes at two, Herbert at three, Jalen Hurts at four, and Lamar Jackson at five. Huge Jalen Hurts guy this year with the addition of A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, and his ability with the legs. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be a stud QB1 in that offense. I 100% agree. And now, before we move on and I give you mine, I'm a little bit interested as to why you have Mahomes ahead of Herbert, if you could expand upon that. Um, just... I think the track record, I mean, Herbert, I think has better weapons, um, but Mahomes, I think it might actually help that his team overall is a little worse because I think that might inflate his numbers. Um, you know, especially if they're down like towards the end of games, if they're, if they're in shootouts, um, I think they're, the, the chargers are going to be so good in, in some games on defense that they're going to be blowing teams out. Whereas I think Kansas city is more likely to get into to their volume of shootouts is likely to be higher than the chargers. And so for that reason, I think Mahomes just might get some more inflated numbers. Whereas Herbert is, I still think that the Kansas city and the Chargers are both going to have a record that is, that is close, but I think that the chargers might blow out more games than Kansas city does. If you know what I mean, and Kansas city might be more shootouts, which I think is more beneficial to Mahomes' stats. Yeah, that's definitely a fair and valid point. Uh, the only thing I would say before I give mine is that if you look at their initial strength of schedule for this year, which again is based off of the 2021 opponents and how they performed against quarterbacks, Mahomes would have the third hardest strength of schedule for a fantasy quarterback, whereas Herbert has the 11th easiest. So that's, that's kind of where I draw the line. I'm so for mine, I have Josh Allen again, number one, he was number one last year. I expect him to be there again, the dual threat. He's only going to get better as a passer. Diggs is there for the long term. I only see big things happening for Josh Allen. I've got Herbert at two. And Mahomes at three. 
simply because Mahomes has now lost Tyree Kill, and now he potentially goes up against a not-so-fantasy-friendly schedule this year. Uh, I, I think for that reason, and the fact that he has also hasn't had a top-three fantasy season in the past three years, I think you gotta you got to go with Herbert, who literally was number two last year. So I'm going Herbert at two, Mahomes at three. I'm with you with Jalen Hurts, Jonathan. He's also my number four fantasy quarterback. He's got a very what looks to be fantasy-friendly schedule coming up this year, third easiest by the looks of it. And I think he's definitely bound to take another leap. He was a quarterback one last year, and I think he can be even higher of that this year. I think he will go from nine, which he was last year. I think he can definitely push for top five this year. And then I round my top five out with Kyler Murray. Again, I think that with all the off-season hoopla with Kyler Murray, and yes, he will not have DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games of the season this year. I do think that he has still has enough weapons in tow to have a very good season. And I think that if when he gets Hopkins back, this team will be able to just go off. And if Murray stays healthy, which last year, unfortunately, he picked up a leg injury and he was kind of unable to scramble like he usually does. If he's able to keep that dual threat nature, that that threat going, I think that he can definitely be top five. But if he's limited in any way and he becomes and he kind of shies away from from utilizing his dual threat talents, I, I don't see uh, a clear cut way for him to reach that top five status, but I do like his chances slightly more than Lamar who I would have had at six. So I got Kyler Murray slotting in at five. Then we can move on to sleepers. Uh, We'll get coaches rankings at quarterback in just a little bit. He is adjusting his Wi-Fi. So, Dr. Get me going with a sleeper here at the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of a sleeper he is. Um, it's really hard just because there's not a ton of turnover for quarterbacks. But I am high on Trey Lance. I buy the hype. Um, I think Brandon Ayuk is somebody that um, I considered as as one of my sleeper uh, wide receivers when we get to that segment. Um, of course, Debo's there. I think Kyle Shanahan offense. He can run. He can throw a little bit. Uh, I'm in on the train land pipe. You know, I really shouldn't have let you go first because Trey Lance is also mine. So I'll try and give a condensed version of it and then give a second name to go with. Uh, for me, he's Trey Lance is being taken as basically a fringe QB one, more so a QB two this year, probably because of the inexperience, the fact that it's his sophomore season, but it's his first season at, as the official starting quarterback for the 49ers. And it'll, it'll be tough. Initially the, the first five weeks or so he it's, he's going up against the third toughest strength of schedule for fantasy quarterbacks. But then after that, it gets significantly easier and actually it, looks to be the eighth easiest for all of 2022. So I think the key for Trey Lance this year is to get off to a a good start. And if he gets off to a good start, then I think he's in for a big season and will easily be a QB one. But since DR beat me to the punch, let me throw out another name that could be low key in the fringe QB one territory that probably you weren't expecting to be. And that would be Matt Ryan for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, obviously, he's moved on from his time in Atlanta. He's with a new team, new system. There aren't a ton of weapons there, and he's being barely drafted at all. He's the 20th quarterback off the board, so he's barely even a QB, too. But I think there is some sneaky potential here. Even though he's old, he's not the most... Uh, he's obviously not the quickest on his feet, but he is very durable. So, you know, he's going to be playing in just about every game, if not all of them. And Indy has a solid fleet of receivers. Uh, 
between Michael Pittman. I know T.Y. Hilton's getting up there in age, but he does, and Naheem Hines out of the backfield. So I do think that Matt Ryan could definitely fit in well enough where he could be a sneaky QB1 if everything goes right for him. I know last year, Philip Rivers, uh, or two was it two years ago, Philip Rivers? Uh, I, I'm not, I forget how, how long ago it was. Yes. But... Yeah, last year they had one. Yeah. COVID uh, year, 2020. That was Philip Rivers. Yeah. And he, I mean, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't uh, a QB one by any stretch of the imagination, but he definitely was a streaming option uh, at times in the right matchup. So I think Matt Ryan could could kind of be that guy if you're if you're it have a, a quarterback injury on your fantasy roster for an extended amount of time. I think Matt Ryan could be someone that you can either get at the end of the draft, maybe he doesn't he doesn't even get drafted at all and you can scoop him up. I think Matt Ryan could be a sneaky guy that could give you some QB1 weeks. Jonathan, what about you? All right, my sleeper is I'm going with Tua. Tua is my sleeper. Yeah. I think I think he could push a potential back end starting QB one this year, just based on his weapons. I think that Tyree Kale, Waddle, Gasecki, Raheem Mostert, hopefully in the screen game, or Chase Edmonds in the screen game. I think you're going to see a lot of yak out of these receivers. And I think you're, it's really going to help Tua. You know, he's not a great deep ball, but but short and intermediate throws, he's, he's decently accurate. And I think that the receivers are just going to do a lot of work for Tua. Um, I think you could easily see him having games where he's like 15 for 23. He only has 15 completions, but he has, you know, 310 yards because Tyreek Hill has a 90-yard touchdown and Jalen Waddell has like a 45-yard touchdown, something like that. And don't sleep on his running ability, too. He can scramble a little bit and scramble in for a touchdown here or there. Um, I think just he's going to put up good numbers because the weapons, you know, Hill and Waddle are so quick that you just give them the ball and and their threats to break free. And they will have long, very long touchdowns at portions of this year, which will really help Tua in his yards. Mm. That's an interesting one. I'm a little bit reserved to do that. And and to to jump on the Dolphins fantasy train, just because it's uh, a new system, they've always been kind of 50-50 with run pass, maybe a little bit more pass, but they've they've never been like a pass heavy team, and they've never been a, a deep down the field team either. Like they've had some guys in the past that can stretch the field, but they were never did they never were able to do so consistently i i can't really remember anyone uh, that was able to consistently not only play but play well in that offense so i i just i'm i'm really interested to see how tua does in a contract year now that he, he has all the weapons that you mentioned but i am a little reserved to to put my stock in well, any, any one of them can i just say this yeah, for for you guys, you guys are high on Trey Lance. Uh, the offense that Tua is going to be coming into is going to be very similar to Trey Lance's offense because Mike McDaniel, their new coach, is straight off the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. So for the same reasons, you guys are kind of high on on Trey Lance is is a similar reason why I'm high on Tua. I'll just say Tua is just not him. I know the cast around him is it's it's very very good. He's just not him. And I think there are people that think that he could be him. And for for that reason, I just – with quarterbacks, unless you're in a two-quarterback league, you can always find a guy. And I'll talk more about this. Maybe this is a spoiler alert. But one of my fantasy rules I live by is I just wait at the quarterback position. I did it last year in a two-quarterback league, the one that we're uh, mostly in. Uh, and I still walked away with Burrow and Stafford. So I just, I'm out on two, especially in one quarterback league. You see somebody as me, if, if he's going to push to be a back-end QB1, I'll get him on the waiver wire. Mm. Yeah, no, I do like your point, Jonathan, uh, that he is going to be in a sort of similar system. The only problem is you know what you're going to get from the Kyle Shanahan offense. The 
the guy, I think it's uh, Mike Mc, Mc, uh, Mike McDaniel. McDaniel, he's never called plays before. So you don't really know what, for sure what kind of version of that San Fran offense that it's going to be. I know that Trey, um, Trey Lance only got in three games last year where he played significant time uh, instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. But he excelled in those games and was an efficient and viable option. So that's I know it's a small sample size, but I've at least seen it and I can feel good about investing in that. Whereas Tua, I I know it'll be a little bit newer of a system. He's got all these new toys to play with, but I haven't seen him do it. And I just I just don't know if I can trust it. Nick. I think you're you're back here. So why don't you give us your quarterback sleeper and then we'll get to your rankings at quarterback. All right. Yeah, I'm here. Am I, do I sound okay? Yes, go ahead. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, you said quarterback rankings. We'll start with that. So I have um, in this order, I've got Josh Allen, then Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and then Jalen Hurts, John's favorite. Uh, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm very high on Herbert this year. I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, and everything else, I think, speaks for itself with the running backs at four and five and then the actual quarterbacks at one, two, three. Um, talking about sleepers now, let me just stress what you guys have talked about real quick. Uh, I am not in on Trey Lance. I am not in on Tua either. I think they are both going to be uh, massively mid this year, literally because of the cast around them being – pretty talented uh i know like tyree kill has done like a media tirade trying to like uh i think he's just been saying nice things about Tua's game just to like make him feel better i think tyreek knows that mahomes is better than tua in, in every way and i maybe he was just talking about his deep ball i don't really know um but i'm i'm definitely not in on tua being like a sleeper or or even trey lance like and Trey Lance is another guy. Like, he's, he's, you, you don't know really what to expect from him. You know what to expect from the offense and the scheme that they're playing. You don't really know what to expect from him. Like, I'm sure that guys like Debo and, and Ayuk and even Kittle will probably still have solid, if not um, really good years for maybe one or two of them. But uh, as far as, like, his own QB points, I really don't expect a whole, whole heck of a lot. I am in um, – twofold here uh, because the new Orleans saints are getting Michael Thomas back, even though he just hit the injury report again. So rip that take, but I'm sure he'll probably just be fine. even though he's been out for like three years, Jameis LASIK surgery, Winston. Okay. You talk about somebody that's going around like a uh, rank around like 20 or not even getting drafted. Like Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston is right in that territory. And I actually agree with DR. I also hold back on quarterbacks. Do I want to start Jameis Winston as my QB one uh, in the by, by picking a quarterback in the draft? Like, like no, like Winston's probably going to be on the wire. The only problem I have with holding back and quarterbacks, what like Dr. said, is it really depends on the people you play with in your fantasy league because you'll have the people that actually play a lot of fantasy not taking their QBs early, but. If you have saw, like one person take a QB early, it starts like a train. So I, I know this is a discussion for later, so I'll save the rest for later. But um, I do really like James Winston this year, um, at least to have, to be a dark horse pick to actually be somewhat of a serviceable quarterback. Um, I mean, you saw what he did with bad eyesight in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, he had 30 picks, but he also had like an insane amount of uh, passing yards and touchdowns and a pretty high tooled offense. So, I mean, he, they just drafted Chris Olave as well. So I think they're set up to give Jameis a, a good chance to be a, a pretty solid quarterback this year. He had a good year last year. I don't think it was QB one by any stretch of the imagine, but oh, he, God, no. he, he, he had, he had some moments for sure. And I mean, he, that was a year, basically no Michael Thomas whatsoever. So yep. The problem that I have with that is that a Michael Thomas is hurt again, hamstring mm -hmm. injury out indefinitely. Yeah, that's not good. And B Alvin Kamara is almost surely going to get suspended for his off season arrest. No, nah, they think that's coming after the year. 
I don't know that. I, I don't know if I want to take that chance, man. But, but Michael Thomas ain't playing like ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he might need to hang him up. That's <laughs> he, that's my he's not him. That's he, he's he, he well, he was him like uh, five years ago. Yeah, he's was, NFL glass man. Correct. He was. him. Yeah. So that's that's where I would I would kind of tread lightly on that one. It's just I, you don't know who he's working with at all this year. Uh, all right, hold on. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off too much here. But I, I just. I just looked at my computer because I got QB rankings from ESPN on here. They have Trey Lance higher than Derek Carr. Jonathan, thoughts? I'm. I'm with you, Coach. I. I really don't think. Uh, Ryan said that he thought Trey Lance looked good when he played last year. I. I don't think Trey Lance is that good. I mean, this. I really, this might. This I, might I get either. clipped in like three months and put on like league takes for DR. But I really don't think I mean, the Shanahan offense can can, you know, make really just about anyone look good at quarterback if you're like a manageable, like average mid quarterback. So he might put up decent numbers, but I I really don't think he's that good. Well, just just for the Derek Carr comparison, I'm a huge Derek Carr fan. I mean, probably the last like three years or so, I've just picked him up off the waiver wire and with my strategy of waiting for quarterback. So. Yeah, I mean, I like Trey, Trey Lance to be like, like the upside there is so great. Yeah, there are definitely some concerns that didn't like what I saw last year, but there's enough there that if it if it's a hit, he's gonna be like team changing, um, which is gonna be I think big, and that that that's why I think I like Trey Lance. But yeah, Derek Carr, love him, love the guy. That Derek Carr is definitely I think the safer pick between Trey Lance and. Car, I think I personally am probably a little bit biased. Not a, not even gonna deny that by the fact that I have him in a dynasty league and am desperately needing him to be my second quarterback. But all bias aside, anything in that league. <laughs> all right, we we won't we won't we won't talk about that. But uh, I do think that with Devontae Adams in tow, the Offense for the Raiders should take off immensely, but I just don't know what the ceiling is for Carr. It could be it could be the moon. For all we know, like Jonathan said earlier, he hyped up the Raiders offense and thinks that they'll be. I assume you, you're you're saying that they're going to be one of the best in in the game. Am I correct, Jonathan? Yes. So if that's the case, then then yeah, he, John Derek Carr is an easy. Uh, sleeper, someone who's going to out, vastly outperform his current uh, draft status, uh, draft position. But yeah, because like I'm looking at right now, Derek Carr is going in like his his ADP is in like the 11th round. Yeah, so that's a guy that that could definitely be a game changer for your fantasy team if if like, you take <laughs> the DR and Nick route and you kind of hold off on getting one of those elite quarterbacks. Bro, that's a steal in the 11th round. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. Well, well, the other thing I'll say, and I don't know if it's because quarterbacks just play longer or something, but it seems like some of the more, like, sexier names get drafted above guys that are just routinely have good, kind of, like, just good seasons. Like, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. I know Derek Carr, we're talking about him a ton here, but he took a, a, a leap forward last year. But, like, Philip Rivers, I think, was that for a while. Matt Ryan, I think, has a chance to be that, like, this year. Um, it's, it's kind of these guys that have been around for a while and never were like the Breeze, Brady, Rogers like level that tier, but they're just kind of like there, and they'll still give you like 17, 18 points week in, week out. And there's there's a lot of value in that, especially when you can like stream that guy or just like pick him up off waivers or even like a last pick in a, a draft. Like like there's there's tremendous value there. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Now, let's wrap up part one here of our fantasy football preview by kind of going back to what what UDR and Nick kind of got a little bit of a head start on, which is what would be one rule that you say you would abide by in all of your fantasy drafts? Now, obviously, DR and Nick have kind of tipped their their hand here, and they they said that they kind of like to wait on the quarterback position and and kind of make sure that they're getting a value play instead of reaching for one of the elite guys. Uh, so 
I'll let Nick, you can start first and kind of expand upon that one. And then DR, you can kind of pick up where he leaves off. Yeah. So I'll just like pick off, pick up from where I was already going with that. So like, it really matters who you are playing in your fantasy league with, because the more experienced fantasy players tend to also wait on their quarterbacks. But if you're playing with kind of like casual fantasy players, um, like, especially if you're playing with your family, like Ryan and I do like quarterbacks go so fast, like literally round one or two. So it's like either you are in position to take a quarterback, like right after a person does, or you're just not taking one until super late. And you're just kind of doing what DR and I had already mentioned. Another thing that I don't understand why um, people do is take like multiple, like uh, sometimes they take multiple, defenses or uh kickers less often but like tight ends quarterbacks like i'm taking my one quarterback and if when i want a second quarterback in a one quarterback league it's off the waiver wire it's for like a bye week or something uh or if an injury happens to happen like whatever and same thing with tight ends and uh and defenses defenses i tend to play waiver wire too i don't know why people like little mike just go so early on defenses i don't think they're that uh like altering for a team success. So I don't take multiple of like quarterbacks, tight ends, defenses that I really go nuts and fill my bench with running backs and wide receivers uh, and just try to like filter out before the bye week start, like who I think like is going to keep a roster spot on my team. And so then when the bye week start, that's when I also look to like then add, a quarterback, a quarterback for my quarterbacks bye week or my tight ends bye week or like stuff like that. I just, I, I don't, it seems like a waste of a pick unless you're super high on somebody. The tight end, maybe because you can play them at flex, but there's not that many good tight ends. Like at, at the point, if you're going to take a pick uh, for a second tight end, you're probably later in the draft. And it's just not worth it because there's probably not that many good tight ends left at that point anyways. So the people who take the multiple, I, I just, I've never understood it. So my philosophy has always just been like one of those positions. DR. Yeah. I'll echo pretty much everything that's said there. Uh, taking two quarterbacks to me is like sinful um, in one quarterback league. It just really shouldn't be done. Uh, tight end quarterback, both are, are, positions that you should be streaming. Um, and I agree, fill up your running backs, fill up your wide receivers. Uh, inevitably, some of those late round guys um, will turn out to be some of your better players on your team. Um, and I think mm-hmm. in a lot of times that can, you, they'll be more valuable than your first or second round pick. Some of those big names that, you know, maybe had a bad down year or didn't pan out. Um, and I think that even if you're drafting like far enough away, like early enough in the summer or midsummer, where you're you're kind of away from the start of the year, yeah, draft, don't draft a defense, but don't draft a kicker. Pick up another handicap. Maybe an injury happens. All of a sudden, you're really cooking with oil. Um, to me, there's not much difference if you're drafting right up against like week one and taking a kicker and a defense. That's fine. But yeah, it, it's a lot of what Coach is saying here. And, and of course, you got to know your draft. But um, I kind of like it when there's a run on quarterback because all of a sudden when that run happens, somebody who wouldn't have been available to me uh, at, at some of these other positions that, that I'm valuing. Um, all of a sudden, now I get to have them like basically around later. Um, and that's, 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 that's really exciting for me because I know I'm not, I go, I know I'm going in saying I'm not really getting a quarterback. I don't really care. Um, the one caveat is like if there's like some really good value, um, obviously take it. Like if Mahomes for some reason is sitting there in like the fifth round, you might have to take Mahomes. Yeah. Yep. 100% agree with you there. Uh, Jonathan, what's one rule you abide by in all your fantasy for drafts? All right. So my one rule is this is something that I feel like some people do, but I have never, ever, ever taken this into consideration when I draft. And that is look at the players by weeks. I, I really do not care. Like, I know they put it on the draft freak, sheet. Freak, I know they put freak, it on the freak. board. I like, Bro, take if you're if you're debating between t- two players and one of your categories is when their bye week is and you decide not to take him because of when his bye week is, 
Like that's just that's absurd to me. Because even if you do have a bunch of players with the same draft week, I mean the bye week, it that's that's like a sneaky good thing because you just say like all my players are on a bye this week. This is like a scheduled loss almost, and then they're na- and then my team's nasty for all the rest of the weeks. Yep. Um. So I I Can really you stop subtweeting Mike and just just like. <laughs> <laughs> I had him already. I just really don't know why. Like, do like do people actually consider like the bye weeks when they're when they're doing drafts? Because for me, that is something I have never, ever, ever. Like, I know it's on the sheet, but I it never even crosses my mind. I just draft best player for my team, no matter when his bye week is, no matter whether or not players before I drafted have that same bye week. Yeah, dude, sometimes I catch myself, like, looking at bye weeks, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, I, I'm wasting my time. And also, yeah, we definitely should be just calling out Mike because Mike will take, like, two defenses before round 12, and it's like, <laughs> what are you doing, kid? Well, well, when I first started playing fantasy with you guys, you guys are, take, like, you guys are a lot more knowledgeable. You, you, like, read a lot and pay attention um, more than, like, the previous leagues that I was in. And I remember the first draft that I did with you guys, Right after Mike is sitting there, oh yeah, I know that my team, but these these bye weeks are stacking up, and I don't like that, blah 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 blah. And so then I like thought that that was a real thing, and it took me like a couple of years, and I was like, wait, this actually doesn't fucking matter at all. Through this, so well, the thing is, is is if I recall, um, you guys might be right about Mike, but I want to say Ryan has talked about before, like taking people's bye weeks into consideration, which I still think is crazy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was, I was going to wait to address that. And the answer is yes, I do look at bye weeks. I do give it some amount of consideration. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think I go as far as make letting the bye week be the be all end all if I'm split between two people, but I do take it into consideration and I try to not do what you said, Jonathan, which is have them all be similar by weeks. I I prefer personally to space it out if I can, but I don't, I'm not going to let it affect value at the end of the day. So I will admit, I definitely do look at the bye weeks, but I also don't think I go as far as to try and deliberately base my bench upon bye weeks. So with all that being said, my rule is more kind of broad in a sense, but it's simple and straightforward. Have a plan or a strategy, draft strategy in place. What I mean by that, because it seems so obvious, but it, 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 can just, it can just make a huge difference for you on draft day and throughout the entire season. What, what I mean is that understanding your league's rules Knowing, like Nick said, who you're playing with, do they have any kind of habits? Do they like to start a, a quarterback train? Do they like to draft a certain position early? Do they have any favorite oh, players that they love to try and, and get and reach for? Uh, and then knowing who is available to draft. Uh, not In standard leagues, obviously, everyone's going to be up for grabs. Uh, and that's what we're talking about here. But If you're in a dynasty league, like three out of the four of us are, you need to know who is going to be available in the draft on a year by year basis. So that's, that's going to be important for you as well. And then when you, once you've kind of done your homework there, you just kind of have to see who, all right, based off of who's available, what the trends are for people in the other, in other people that you're playing against, who is most likely going to be available at each of your picks, figure out kind of where the value can be had and what your roster should look like, and then go from there and adjust on the fly as need be, but just emphasizing value over everything else. Like if, if your mantra is I'm not going to take a quarterback until the later rounds, but like DR said in his example, Patrick Mahomes is still available in round like seven. Take them. It's that's that's a that's a fine pick. There's nothing wrong with it. That's a value pick. Uh, but make sure that you stick with whatever plan it is you have, and being able to kind of take that step back, see value where it presents itself, 
and don't hesitate to go get it where it presents itself. So basically just in a nutshell, know what your plan or strategy is for the draft in your league or leagues for each of them and stick to it because I know that the one year that which was the COVID year where I kind of just rolled in blind to all of my drafts. I did crappy. I I had a down year, not even going to deny it. It was, it was not good. Struggled across the board in all my leagues. And it was simply because I didn't do my homework that year, but most other years, I like to think that I put the time in to kind of figure out what I want my teams to look like in a given year. And I like to think that I do better than not. And it's just because I have a strategy in mind or a plan in place and I more or less stick to it. So I think that that can help anyone in a fantasy draft is just having some sort of idea of what do I want to do? Where do I want to go with my team this year? And how do I go about it? This is random, but my favorite thing about fantasy drafts is taking players that somebody else wanted to take and that they were going to take like with their next pick and they get all mad and they're like, Oh, I was going to take him. And then you just basically get to rub it in your face. That's like my favorite part is taking people's players. And like when you, when you talk about like prepping for a draft, it makes me really want to think like and figure out who I know people like just so I can like, especially if it's a little later on the draft. And I know like, you know, Zach likes a certain player, uh, you know, like a sleeper or something like that to like go out of my way just to spite somebody just for like for the reaction. That's one of my favorite parts of fantasy drafts. And I low key, I, f- I don't know if it was just last year, but I feel like, and this only really matters to us, but I feel like a lot of people like took Zach's players last year. I remember him being very upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for part one of our fantasy football preview part two we're gonna preview wide receivers tight ends and defenses as well as go over players that we do not recommend you draft this year based upon the price it's gonna cost you and we'll wrap up with a little dynasty league talk who would we want to build a or start our dynasty league team around so any final thoughts before we wrap up here, fellas? Nah, I think we're good, man. All righty. Well, then that's going to do it for Jonathan Sullivan, Dan Roach, and Nick Brown. I'm Ryan Brown. We'll see you for part Coach. two.